Hello everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and this is Hacker Public Radio hijacking Og Camp 11. Og Camp is over. What about Og Camp 12? I'm here talking to uh, a man you might know and uh, Dan from the Linux Outlaws. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. Yeah, a little tired after the uh, this. We're on. This is Sunday night, so we're just uh, coming down from packing up. And yeah, it's it's great. It's tiring at the minute, but it's always worth it. Must be a massive buzz to start off something and then have thousands of people turn up for no um, reason at all. Yeah, it's not quite thousands yet, but it is. Uh, it is great. Yeah, I mean, I always I always love it that anyone turns up really. Um, and the really mind blowing thing for me is that people travel from different parts of the world. We've got someone came from America just for this. Because uh, when he said he'd come from America, I thought he meant he was here for ho- a holiday or something. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, he came along. But no, he came just for this from Charlotte, somewhere in America. And uh, that's quite impressive. Yeah, so it's really good fun to see people doing doing that and meeting each other as well. Because that's the main thing. I was just saying to someone else, it's really good when I see two people that I know, but they don't know each other. If that makes sense. If yeah. I, two friends of mine, mutual uh, friends who don't know each other, and then I f- they meet each other at an event like this that I've arranged or we've arranged together, and. Um, you see them getting on really well and, and they get ideas for projects and that's happened quite a lot this weekend so that's always good no it's been absolutely fantastic yeah. and uh, I'd like to thank you and the Ubuntu UK podcast mm. folks for allowing me to come down and basically oh, no, grab no. anybody that moved and record an interview yeah. um, I was at the show last night just mm. changing tack for a second uh, and, yeah. um, and you played live mm-hmm. uh, one of the other shows that people might not be aware of that you do although I don't know how that's possible is Rattle <laughs> Radio yeah can you tell us a bit about that podcast? Yeah, Rat Hole Radio was um, my kind of attempt at being John Peel, I suppose, in some ways. Um, I just, I don't know. I have a, a very strange um, kind of thing when it comes to music. I like all different styles of music, and I like different artists from different genres and things, but I it, I don't always like two artists in the same genre. I think there's good music and bad music in all different kind of genres, so I'll listen to all of them. It's a bit like food. I remember years ago someone said to me, music is like food, and you wouldn't eat the same meal three times a day every day. You want different things at different times, and, and you know, for me, music is the same. Um, I don't know anyone, I'm trying to think, uh, maybe one person who doesn't listen to anything but like one kind of music. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important, and the idea of the show is I get to play records and things that I like. I still call them records, it's old-fashioned I am. Not that they're records these days, but yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I play uh, Creative Commons tracks. I focus on independent musicians because, um, I mean, I could, there's no point in me playing what's, what's coming out on the major labels. Apart from the fact that it's probably illegal for me to do that and they could shut me down, um, I don't want to promote what they're doing because that's their job. Um, I want to promote people who are independent musicians trying hard to, to do something. And if I listen to them and I like them, then that's just all I want to do is like let other people hear that, that they're good and hopefully it gets passed on. And the most satisfying thing is when an artist has an upturn in, uh, say, downloads or something of their music one it's been on the show because that's what I want is for people to say I think this well, I mean, just because I think it's good doesn't mean it necessarily is to them but I say I like this and and quite often they'll listen to it and say oh I like that as well and then go and buy even concert tickets and um, you know albums and things from these artists when they've heard the track free as well so it, it helps to spread it around that's hopefully the goal yep. and you're involved in a band 20 pound stand Yes, yeah, I play guitar and sing in a band called 20 Pound Sounds. Um, we only started about a, a little over a year ago, so we had, we're relatively 
young in the band sense, although not in the, we're all quite old, <laughs> but that's very confusing. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's some philosophy in there somewhere. Um, yeah, and um, we've been going, yeah, about a year. We've got about 11 original tracks now, which I coined the phrase, we go all the way up to 11. Um, once we had 11 original songs, I thought that was quite good. I didn't coin the phrase, I adopted it from someone else. Um, but yeah, I thought that was quite nice. And yeah, the plan right now is to uh, get them recorded better. We, we're kind of, people always ask me what kind of music we play, and I say we're a rock band, and they go, well, what does that mean? And I go, it just it means we play rock music, we don't play heavy metal, we don't play, you know, I don't want to try, try to put it into genres, we play rock music. If you've heard, you know, ACDC and Led Zeppelin and Motorhead and things like that, we play things that are sometimes a bit like that, you know, but it's like classic hard rock, if you like. Um, but yeah, I think it's good, because they don't hear a lot of that at the moment. Um, in mainstream music anyway there's, there's some great bands out there but I haven't I watched Glastonbury this year on, on the telly and um, I watched ages to, and I waited to see one band who actually rocked you know <laughs> it sounds mad and they, it took me ages and so the ones that surprised me were the Kaiser Chiefs they really really rocked and they're not a band I've ever really liked before but when I saw them live getting people into um, getting people moving and stuff I thought yeah they've got something and they've got an energy that they're transmitting to people and I can I appreciate that so that's what we try and do I don't know if we always succeed but we play um, a mixture of things bits of blues and stuff as well and, and um, but now it's getting more into a fixed style that we've got more songs so they're probably more like kind of pearl jammy kind of hard rock type stuff so yeah it's fun one of the highlights for the weekend other than having to remind you the first uh, oh, line yes. of the <laughs> of Gloria was yeah. um, shouting from the audience the words of uh, Jimmy Carter was oh, yes. a peanut for <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, one of our songs we um, that was a our first original song actually yeah first one we did and um, it only came about because of a chance conversation it's like this is one of these things that sound like they've made it up when you read it in a you know legend history of yeah, how yeah. this record came about but um, yeah what happened was we were just playing one day and we got together we only formed as a band to do one gig um, and learn five cover songs and that was the goal if we could do that we just thought we were we'd made it you know oh you know that's what we wanted to do and then very quickly we realized that we within the first session of like an hour or two hours or whatever it was we'd learned like two or three songs cover songs and things but still we'd learned them and we thought hang on we all seem to be able to do this and um and then we just had fun and then I, i've always written songs over the years i've been in many bands and things um playing different instruments and so on and um somebody mentioned jimmy carter and i i love stupid trivia facts so um, many people don't know that he actually was a peanut farmer and read uh, <laughs> before he became president and um, I somebody said something about Jimmy Carter and I said oh did you know Jimmy Carter was a peanut farmer and they said that's quite funny and I said oh yeah it is isn't it so we kind of went oh Jimmy Carter was a peanut farmer that's quite a good line for a song and then I went off and wrote the first verse I think um, and some other bits and I gave it back to the other guys and we played it back and then the drummer uh, Ross wrote the second verse and he wrote a third verse as well. I'm not very good at remembering lyrics, as you know. So I, um, I do. I tend to just get lazy and do the first verse, and then another verse, and then the first, first verse, verse again, again at the end. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, the classic. Um, I can understand why those artists did that now. But um, yeah, so that sense to work really well, and yeah, it's come out really well. It's a kind of like a old rock and rolly type song. And one of the things I really liked, not to sound too pretentious about it, but when we went to do some uh, concerts and things, we did festivals. We did a, a festival. Around Matthew Street in Liverpool where the cabin is and we played in the cabin and um, 
one of the guys said to us, oh, the engineer, in fact, at the end, the crowd weren't really that bothered. I think it went quite well, but they weren't that into mm-hmm. us. Um, but the engineer said to us, oh, that was really good because you weren't doing any arty bollocks. It was just old-fashioned rock, you know, yeah. rock and roll. And I thought, yeah, that's You're great. I'm not here to wear skinny <laughs> jeans, and I haven't got much hair to do fancy things with it these days. Um, and most of it's grey anyway. So I just, you know, I just want to play my guitar. I don't, it's not about what I look like or what I'm doing. It's about the music, you know. So people seem to like that, and uh, it's good. I hope it keeps keeps going. If it's okay, I'll um, I'll add that song here. Yes, definitely, of course, yeah. It's under Creative Commons as well, and I know um, you talk about Creative Commons and stuff on Hacker Public Radio, and the reason that I like Creative Commons, um, people keep saying to me, oh, why don't you make more money out of music and so on, and it's not about that for me. I mean, the, the problem is, right now, you've got people who are saying um, that copyright is the only way for art and culture to continue to exist. But the funny thing is, the copyright system hasn't been around that long in the, in the, you know, the scheme of human history. It's a very, very short period of time that the, the copyright system as we know it has, has existed, where huge companies own content and they charge people licenses for them. Before that, we had the Renaissance. We had, you know, how can you say we didn't have art and we didn't have culture? We had the Renaissance, we had Da Vinci, you know, all this stuff. So, I, and we had look at classical music. None of that is copyrighted, the actual music scores. Mm-hmm. And still, there's this huge industry around it, and people can, you know, learn from it and, and look at how it's put together and stuff like that. And I think that's really cool. And it sounds it links back into the open source thing. Um, so that's why we release under Creative Commons, so people can uh, share the songs with their friends, and uh, if they like it, all I want them to know is that it's by us, and you know, that they might come and look at our website and check check out what else we do if they like it, and that spreads our name and. It works pretty well, and you'd be surprised because I mean, a lot of people will buy things as well, which is something that the record companies never seem to understand. Will buy things even when they're available for free if they like you, um, if they they try it and they say, "Oh, that's quite good." Um, they will often say, "Well, even if they haven't got the money right now, I'll save it up and give it to you." I know a friend of mine was just saying this. He he downloaded, I think, on torrents or whatever, some album, um, and he really liked it. And he went on the artist's website and talked to the artist, actually, uh, through some kind of forum and said, oh, I've downloaded the free version through Bandcamp. No, that's right, it was Bandcamp. He downloaded the free as in beer version, sorry. And he said, I, you know, I can't, couldn't volunteer to pay more at the moment because I haven't got any money because uh, he hasn't got a job at the minute. And he said, as soon as I get a job, I'm going to go back on and buy the thing for you know, £5, £10, whatever. And the artist said, oh, that's really good. Thank you for that. You know, and I just want people to hear it or whatever. And he's since gone and paid the £5 because it's about connecting directly with the... Yep. artists so I think it's cool and it's five pound minus tax obviously going directly into yeah exactly the artist and um, you can say for uh, yeah yeah exactly I mean and there's also live things as well I mean you can sell tickets and do tours and things I mean Jonathan Colton's a great example of this obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah he's been really successful and his stuff's all in the creative commons it's um I think it's by NC so it's attribution non-commercial yeah. licensed yeah um, which is really cool and and even like big name artists have done it now I mean I, I always bring this up but Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor has released lots of their stuff under their albums under Creative Commons and um, they're under a, a remixable license so they're under CC by, SA, uh, by NCSA um, and all this I think last two or three albums he's done have been under that and they still sold well, hundreds of thousands of copies through Amazon MP3 even though people could download them free lots of people bought them they were still the highest I think uh, Ghosts Volume 4 I'm going to say that's probably wrong um which was one of his recent albums, was under Creative Commons, and it still became the highest selling MP3 on LP3 album on Amazon for that year, even though people could get it for free. Um, 
which is amazing because all that means is more people are getting it sure lots of people are getting it for free but surely as an artist you want more people to hear what you do or if you're a painter see it or something and that's really cool I like that it's fantastic to on the uh, network we're releasing one of Wayne's uh, yes an interview with Wayne yeah great I'm stealing all no <laughs> yeah that's great people. that's what I want yeah, um, that's what I want so um, Creative Commons artists mm. you know, is there something that I should really go out and grab a listen to or well, Creative Commons music, you yeah, mean, yeah. Sorry. Well, it's something that I get um, accused of a lot. And um, Peter Cannon, uh, Dick Turpin, who was here today, uh, he's he's a funny guy. He he once said, he said he wouldn't listen to Creative Commons music when I first met him because it was all rubbish. And um, he then somehow once accidentally heard Rat Hole Radio and liked some of the tracks and then found out that they were Creative Commons and he said, oh, this actually sounds like a real band that I might listen to or buy a record of or something. And I said to him, but that's the point, you know. You, you, and he got really into it and he did a thing for a while where he did a thumbs up, thumbs down review, which I thought was fantastic. He used to write on his blog every time he listened to the show because he, he's very strange. He's, he's very directly either, either I hate this or I like it. And he would put each song on the playlist, he would put a thumbs up, thumbs down and a little review of why. And I always found that fascinating because I, obviously I didn't agree because I, I like everything yeah, I yeah. play because that's why I play it. But I, you know, I can respect that he didn't. And I always wanted, it was interesting to hear his reasons why. And he said that a lot. And I think tying it back into your original question before I get too far off the point. Um, yeah, Creative Commons, I think um, there is loads of great artists out there um, using Creative Commons. I mean, I don't want to keep using Jonathan Colton, but he's a great example and there's other ones out there as well and um, there's a guy called brad sucks i don't yep. know if you've heard of him he's done very very well it's on the 73 player as well there you go exactly um and yeah i love that i mean i've told the story before but i mean wayne myers specifically uh, fits in the conniptions uh, i heard him randomly on Bandcamp as i was flicking through one day yep. and um i heard a song of his called drinking on my own again and for me it sounds weird but I look at so many submissions and things and songs and that that come in a really funny or interesting title will make me listen to that song and if it's then quite good then it's, it's got a good chance um, and that's what happened with him I thought drinking on my own again sounds like an intriguing title I'd like to hear what he's got to say about that and I listened to it and it was fantastic and from there I got his album and I got talking to him and I mean that's the first time we met this weekend physically I mean we've talked online um, we had he was on Rat Hole Radio as a guest yeah. A fabulous guy and he, he is releasing his stuff in the Creative Commons and he's an independent musician still and he's selling CDs and doing paid gigs and things like that and I mean he's still kind of um, um, it saddens me he's not more well known yeah, because exactly. he still kind of needs a little bit more encouragement not encouragement a bit more promotion sorry and um, yeah I, I've been trying to try and help with that but I don't know whether I'm you know my kind of reaches far enough if he, if he was on the radio or something like commercial radio or BBC or whatever it'd probably help him a bit more but if I can push him a bit that's cool and he's doing really great stuff and there are lots of other people as well I mean there's I'm not left-handed who played yes. the Rat Hole Radio gig yes. um, they raised uh, 13,000 pounds or something like that on um, Kickstarter I think it was Kickstarter or one of those pledge sites yep. to record their uh, album and um, it worked brilliantly for them. Uh, Slice the Pie it was, I remember now. It was called Slice the Pie and people bought advanced copies of the album yep. before it was made effectively. And you could buy, you know, uh, pay $25 instead of 10 to get uh, like a t-shirt with it and uh, added bonuses. It went up to I think $250 or something you could pay if you wanted the ultimate deluxe signed by the band with a so, t-shirt yeah. and a mug and a you mug. Are a yeah fan. exactly yeah, yeah. exactly yeah um and that's really good and i think that's the way the music industry's got to change now uh, and going back to the nine inch nails to reuse yet another example um they they're doing stuff like um releasing deluxe editions of their stuff on lim on very heavily pressed vinyl um in uh signed custom artwork made by the band 
and each one is limited edition, so there are only so many. And they sell for, I mean, they're a famous band, so yes, this isn't a great example, but they sell on, uh, they sold, I think, three or four of these. They only made like four of these uh, very, very top uh, limited ones, and they sold all of them for like, oh, I don't know, 500,000 pounds and things yeah. like that, because there were crazy rich fans out there who would pay it. But it sounds great, it sounds weird, but um, that's great. I mean, it's a different way, you've got to add value into the product. And I think Creative Commons is, you know, I think it's great for artists because it gets it spread around, and I use it because I think there are other ways to make music if you want to as a, as a business. Have you, um, I know that um, the Canadian Broadcast Company had a, they have a blanket ban on Creative Commons music. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> due to the, uh, oh, this may have changed since then, okay. I have I have no interest in the fact. Why is that, do you know? Because of the use of the non-commercial, and oh. whether it is commercial or not, it was just too confusing for the legal department, so they oh. uh, stopped. I had the same situation with uh, Hacker Public Radio, I wanted okay. to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to put it on one of our cable, test cable networks, so, mm. you know, it would play... Creative yeah. Commons podcast, but yeah. um, because of the non-commercial, you mm. had to go to every podcast and get the uh, the agreement, and it was just too much of a legal headache. When, yeah, when I can you can go to an be. organization that says, "Okay, here's the cash, and yeah. um, we're covered for a year." Well, a great example of, of something like that was last year for Odd Camp Ten. I wanted to show a film, screen a film as part of the. Um, events. I always have these strange ideas. It didn't come off in the end. But there was a film uh, that a friend of mine told me about uh, about uh, Creative Commons and remix culture, yep. and it's called Remix Manifesto. I don't know how many people know it, but go and look it up. Um, Links will be in the show notes. There you go. Uh, it's called Remix Manifesto. <coughs> it came out about two or three years ago, and um, it covers the whole remix culture basically. And in within the film, they talk to. Um, a guy called Girl Talk, who's um, a remix artist in America, who uses very short samples of famous commercial songs and remixes them into new works, basically. And of course, that's completely against copyright and all the rest of it. Um, But in America, they have a thing called fair use. So they're allowed to do that because it's considered a fair use. Whereas most countries in the world, I was shocked when I found this out, most, I don't know, I was going to say most, I don't know the figures, but most countries in the world seem to have a fair use um, provision within copyright. And in the UK, we don't. So I wanted to screen this film and I went on his website and I tried to talk to him, uh, the guy who made the film. And um, a friend of mine talked to him because she, she kind of almost knew him a little bit and she was into film and stuff and she talked to him and, and she said he said his advice was download it off BitTorrent and just play it anyway but I couldn't get any cinema or um, you know respectable place that plays films to agree to do that because their license would be screwed and they'd be in hot water and the reason whole reason is because we don't have fair use in this country and you can you can watch the film in poland in the u.s you can you know all over the world you know uh, asia whatever but you can't watch it and there's a list the funny thing was on the website when you clicks on it you get, there's a list there's two lists it says like um you can't get this film for some reason because it's detected where your ip is or something and you click on the, it says why can't i get this and you click that and it says you probably in one of these countries and there's a list of about four or five countries where the film is not legal because of the copyright provision the, the lack of a um, you know fair use provision and the UK is one of them and the other countries are some I didn't even I don't think I've ever even heard of yeah. and that's kind of sad I think but um, it links in with what you were saying about the, the concern over non-commercial I think, yeah. I think there's a, a change in the law coming up to allow for uh, right amount of fair use and copying okay. here in the UK well, we've been talking to John, the nice guy on the subject, yes, so uh, there'll be a link in the show notes to that episode mm. where we go into very, very great detail <laughs> about everything else you uh, need to do to uh, to put on music on, yeah. on live. So I guess probably by the time people hear this, mm. we'll know about Outcome 12. 
That's a, that's a great this question. That's a classic question, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know anything about Ogcom 12, so if you do know anything, feel free to tell me. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's the same thing. I mean, when the Ack and John and all those guys used to do a great day live, I think they felt the same way that you... Um, yeah, basically. I mean, you can probably hear in my voice. I mean, you... you um, you put all this effort in and while you're doing it it's a lot of really hard work and I mean I've, I haven't really ever felt bad about it because I, I like as I say seeing people getting on I love seeing people having fun and if we can facilitate that in some way that's great but and then you feel really exhausted and you think oh why do I why do I do this you know I mean at some point you get to the point where you think oh I could just I just really rather have a rest you know and let someone else do it instead and um, and then usually over a period of time it can sometimes be weeks or it can sometimes be a week or it could be a year not a year later but you know a little time later someone within the group of kind of six of us will start to say you know what I, I think we should do another one because that, that was really good because you know you tend to forget the bad bits and you only remember the good bits it's like pregnancy <laughs> exactly yeah and you yeah you get to this point and you say oh you know what that is a really good idea and then you get to about a month before the event when the planning's like hell and everyone's up the wall and you think I've done this again haven't I and I'm not doing it again and, and then you just end up doing it so oh sorry I would I would um I would say probably that uh, yeah, it will pro- it will probably happen again. Um, I can't say 100% for sure, but I yeah, <laughs> I definitely hope so because it's, it's a lot of fun. And we were t- actually talking. Um, this is kind of hot off the press, but I don't know if this is. I don't know if I should be saying this or not, but I don't really care. Um, <laughs> we were talking in there in the bar, um, and people were saying they really liked the venue we had this year, yeah. and they liked the location. Uh, being a, a proud northerner, I I tr- always tried to get it up. Uh, I did it in Liverpool last year, and uh, people really enjoyed coming to Liverpool and I think it changed some perceptions that people had about the place which is what I wanted to do and so that it's not like all grim and grey and your stuff getting robbed and whatever that it's a really modern cultured city as I believe I mean, I'm, I'm completely biased and I, I admit that Absolutely. but yeah but I'm proud of my city and I want stuff Just to happen there doesn't mean it's not yeah, right well exactly and um, yeah and that obviously people are saying why don't you do it in London and I said oh I don't want to do it in London it's too far away and you know, I, I respect that a lot of people work and live in London and I've got lots of friends that do it, but I'm happier where I live in Liverpool because I can always get to London in two hours on a train or two and a half hours if I need to. Um, so it's not out of reach, but at the same time, I don't have to live in it. So it's quite yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, they. Um, so we did it in Liverpool and then I just didn't want to do it again this year. Cause, well, I did want to do the event, but I didn't want to do all the do arranging. Work, yeah, because yeah, it was in Liverpool last year. It was kind of like ended up with me having to do a lot of the work oh, for great. it. Um because I was right by the venue. So Popey found a venue near his house <laughs> and uh, said, oh, there's a venue near my house. And I thought, that's brilliant. That means he'll have to do everything. And uh, <laughs> so I said, yeah, I'm really up for that. Yeah, but um, someone else can do all the you know, the legwork and stuff. And it's kind of worked out like that. But Tony's done loads. I mean, we've all done a lot. I don't want to sound like I'm playing favourites. But yeah, it, it's really good. And um, the people like the venue, apparently. And more people, have, as much as I begrudge saying this, I do think more people have come this year because we were in a southern location nearer to London because lots of people are in London apparently can't travel too far away from it or they get sick or something and they can't you know, they can't deal with it so it's like the tax when you come yeah out, I think I don't know what it is but, yeah they get they get agoraphobia or something and they have to go back um, and they yeah they just wouldn't leave so we moved a little bit closer to them although we're not actually in London but we're near enough for people to get to it really easy and it wasn't hard, that hard for me to get to it was a bit more of a drive for me this year but well especially as last year it was like right in Liverpool gotcha yeah but yeah, it was great, and hopefully it w- we would hope it would be at the same place, but I can't confirm anything at this date. No. So everything I've just said might be complete 
rubbish and you might not hear anything about it but I would say this it's probably gonna happen it's probably gonna happen again it was a really nice venue I thought and the rooms and everything was mm -hmm. together and the crew the crew, oh, crew are incredible. absolutely fantastic Les is I, I've said this so many times he's gonna think I'm stalking him or something but <laughs> Les has just done everything and like a good example is so we're in the pub here back by the Premier Inn and um, when I arrived this morning, the hotel. Yes, sorry. When I arrived this morning, Les had already talked to the manager of the bar and found out that it closes normally at ten thirty, and asked them if we had X, you know, hundred people, would they stay open, and agreed it with them, but without me even knowing. And I just went, oh wow, that's an incredible, yeah. And he just told me he's basically fixed everything, and he keeps doing that all the time. And the more he does it, the more I think, I could, yeah, this is great. I could get used to this. Um, so it's great, and he's done lots of great work with the crew. Obviously, all the people who helped on the crew have been fantastic. We had a lot of great sponsors as well, and um, we had PDPC gave us money for the bar uh, for the bar last night. So it's great that people chip in. I think <laughs> I'm going to sound really, you know, I don't know, over the top here, but I think like philosophically, like what what it is for me is if you treat people the way you want to be treated and you yep. treat people well other people will respond to that and it seems to happen i mean it doesn't happen everywhere not everyone's nice but i believe there's more nice people than the nasty people if, in a very simplistic term you know but i think that's what happens and it's great to see nice people come together because we need to do it more because then we can show that we're the, the majority <laughs> I, I think it's important to point out when we're recording this you know this is the weekend of the riots where uh, yeah england is very much in the mm. news about you know, the, the selfish culture, I guess. And mm. then here we are at a free culture yeah. event, um, sort of balancing the whole karma skills, I think. Possibly, yeah, yeah. So that's all we try and do is bring people together and let them have fun and facilitate. And, thank, yeah, touch wood, it seems to work, yeah. Listen, Dan, I'm going to let you go back because right. uh, you, you need to go back. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time to do the interview and doing all the rest of the stuff. And again, tune in to hackerpublicradio.org tomorrow for another exciting show. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Share Alike, 3.0 license.